0: This is Writing Excuses, episode eleven,
1: uh, Business of Writing. Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry, and we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan, and I'm Howard. Okay, we want to do.
0: We're going to do several podcasts on the business of writing. This is more of an introduction to being a business person as a writer. Um, all three of us at some point have had to make the transition between being just an artist and becoming a professional. That Dan's in the middle of it right now. Indeed. Um, and so I want to talk about how you do this. What changes in your mind do you need to make when you start becoming a professional? Um, Howard, you uh, you quit your job and decided to do webcomic full time, kind of as a leap of faith. What changes in your life did you have to make?
2: Oh boy. Um the first thing I needed to do is I needed to rethink my schedule. Mm-hmm. It used to be that I would work on the comic in between doing the things that Novella was paying right. me to do. Okay. And once there was no in-between, mm-hmm. the, the instant reflex is, oh, I can work on this any old time. I uh-huh. can play video games, yeah. I can do whatever. Um that's not the case. If you really want to be a professional, you have to set yourself a okay. schedule. Exactly. I think if you're going to be self-employed, you need to be motivated, and you
0: need to be self-motivated. That's probably the biggest single mm-hmm. important thing. Dan, you still have a day job. Um, yes. How do you balance? What, what's changed in your life now that you're, you've are you gone semi-pro?
1: Well, the first thing I had to do was, I, I am a gamer. I play just about every kind of game you can name, and I had to cut that way down. Mm. Uh, because I would come home from work and think, ah, this is a great time to fire up the computer or get out the minis or do something. And, no, this is a great time to write, because now I'm being paid for this. Um, you know, we talked about being self-employed. That means that you are also an employer in mm-hmm. addition to an employee. You need to be a boss. Yeah. I think the biggest difference for
0: me, when I, when I started, I just wrote for the fun. I thought, you know, someday I'll be a writer, but I'll, I'll just want to write for the fun. I actually made the transition to semi-pro in my head before I sold anything. And the transition for me was when I decided, no, this is a job. And if I want people to pay me for this, as if I'm, you know, they want to give me money, I'm gonna
2: have to treat this like a job. Pro is as pro does. Yes. Mm -hmm. When I started Schlock Mercenary, I looked at the comics that I was enjoying reading and Mm -hmm. realized the comics that update every day, without fail, are the ones that I want to support. They're the ones that I want to read. That's the kind of comic I want to write. And so I started from day one, Working with a buffer, working ahead, and promising my readers that the updates would always now, be on time. And you are always on time.
0: Your comics are there every day. You don't do bone or desk strips. You always have your comics. And even if you get sick, your comic updates because you have the, the backlog, the, the buffer. Um, for me as a writer, I realized the writers I like, they're putting out a book every year. That's what happens. I That made me realize I'm going to have to write a book every year. And I'm going to have to find time to do this. Um, and that was a big change in my head. Um, uh, any
1: other lifestyle changes you guys had to make when you started to go pro? Um, I have a family, uh, mm-hmm. and we, we all do. I've, I've got three kids and a wife, and I had to teach them the rules of my office. Oh, yeah, My office was now an actual office, mm-hmm. and when I was in there with the door closed, they had to pretend like I was not home. Mm. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of family lifestyle changes that come in addition to just personal. It's like you have to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. sorry, I, the, you said you know what what changed with the family. What changed mm-hmm. with
2: the family for me when I left Novell was we sat down with the kids and we explained to them, okay, Dad's Novell salary is gone. Uh, we're not going to be buying chicken nuggets and corn dogs from Sam's Club. We're going to be making food at home, and it's actually going to be better. But the kids were crying over the fact that there were no more Hot Pockets. No, no more corn there dogs. Was, this transition for me was an exercise in moving from a six-figure salary to a negative three-figure salary, <laughs> and then pulling back up over the course of 18 months. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: There's a lot of uh, quality of life, standard of living mm-hmm. stuff that comes when you make this leap of faith into yeah. Well, you know, hang on a second. You said quality
2: of life, standard of living. My quality of life went way up. Standard oh, yeah. Of living standard of living took a hit, mm-hmm. but I would not go back oh, yeah. to Novell oh, ever.
0: Yeah. I when I was working on this early on, I thought, you know what? I never want to have a real job. I never want to have a real job. My goal was always to get away with never having a real job. And I, in my head, I defined a real job as a place I went where there was a cubicle. Um, I did work <laughs> a graveyard shift at a hotel for five years, um, writing while I was trying to break in. So I, that, I think, counts kind of as a real job. Semi-real I mean, job. Yeah. Um, I think one that of the things... Yeah. <laughs> it was a surreal job. Yeah. It was <laughs> a graveyard shift. Man, oh, stories I could tell, those are can of work by themselves. Um, I think you have to change your mind so that you're half or a percentage business person and a percentage artist. Part of you, you, you become your own boss and there's there's the part that looks at things in the business light and things that look in the artist light. How do you keep that balance? What is the balance between, for you, Howard,
2: is it 50-50? And how do you keep that balance working? The balance is probably 100-0 and it's a switch that okay. gets thrown. Okay. And what we're talking about is how often the how switch okay. gets thrown. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. I wake up some mornings and I feel like I, you know what? I, I I don't have I don't have the scripts today. Uh-huh. I I don't have it. I don't know where it's supposed to go. Um, in early in late out early isn't yeah. working. I can't think of the words. And then I switch over to Howard the CEO who mm-hmm. is in a panic yeah. because his <laughs> star employee has decided not to come to work today. Right. Um, I break down my work into the work that requires smart Howard. Uh-huh. Uh, he's the guy who does all the scripting and does all the penciling. And Dumb Howard, who can chop wood and carry water, he's mm-hmm. the one responsible for inking the pencil lines and for flood filling, doing the coloring, yeah. and occasionally he shows up at the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to meet Smart Howard. <laughs> he's, he's a neat guy, but the CEO
2: keeps him busy mm-hmm. on the scripting and the penciling. I find that if Smart Howard doesn't check in for the day, Mm -hmm. I get very upset because, okay, here's Dumb Howard. Smart Howard didn't queue up enough work so that Dumb Howard can do some inking.
0: It's time to mention the Tor Book of the Week. Uh, New from Tor, the Science Fiction Writers of America's European Hall of Fame compilation. 16 powerful contemporary masterpieces representing the best writers and stories from the continent. The CIFWA European Hall of Fame, now in hardcover from Tor. Mm -hmm. Um, Dan, what percentage would you say you are. Or are you the 100%, 100% switch, the cop out
1: that Howard used? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
2: it's dumb, Howard.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I, I don't know if I could actually n- number this, but okay. I, the, the trick for me is trying to add as much business as I can without losing any artist. Okay. Um, and often that means taking away from other parts okay. of life, such as, you know, again, Gamer Dan. Mm-hmm. has to take a big hit because there needs to be room, more room for business, Dan, and we don't want to lose any artist, Dan. It's, yeah. Along those lines, Dan, uh, in in the spirit of offering you hope,
2: um, I was the same way when I was working for Novell. I had mm-hmm. to give up all kinds of things in order to do the comic and Novell at the same time. I was working about 90 hours a week between the two. When I went full-time with the comic, and once the books started selling, and it, I was actually making money, I realized I need a hobby. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I went back to doing some mm-hmm. of these things. I got role-playing games, I got minis, I started... You gotta playing, get out of the house. You Yeah, yeah. I've, you gotta get out of the house. And so, yeah. uh, go full-time, and then... Get a hobby and business. Dan will agree with you. Yeah. Yes. Dan needs a hobby. I, you yes. know,
0: I've ne- I'm in a
2: little bit different
0: different position in a few sense. I never had a real job. Um, I I made the switch to business branding probably when I was about 22 and then spent eight years or so
2: waiting to get published. All in, having that mindset. Let's um, let's re-emphasize yeah. that point in mm-hmm. just a moment. You spent eight, yeah, years eight years waiting to get published. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sold a
0: book after about six or seven, and then it was another two years for it to come out. We call this the 10-year overnight yeah. success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Can of worms. Right. We'll okay. do one on that. But I, I made this over, and I think for me, um, doing this, what changed in my head was just, I realized part of my brain has to, I, I would say I'm 25%, 75%. 75% artist, but there was a 25% where the business person said, today you have to work even though you don't want to. Um, and okay. how do you make that happen? Um, I, you know, you can't just not work. Um,
2: you can oh, maybe sure take your day I can. off. Okay, <laughs> you can. But how do you make yourself work when you don't want to? I do it by queuing up tasks. Okay. Uh, it's, the, yeah, it's, it's, the it's the chop wood, it. carry yeah. water mm-hmm. principle. I found there's some things that have to be done that Smart Howard doesn't really have to do. Uh-huh. One of those is responding to email. Uh-huh. Uh, for all, <laughs> of you, <laughs> all of you <laughs> who get email responses <laughs> from me, yeah, that's, that's not Smart Howard, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, each... I'll make fun. Thanks. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Dan, yeah, um, how about you? It, he, he's, he's, he's absolutely right. There's a lot of different tasks to do, and if mm-hmm. I find that I get home and I sit down at my computer with my door closed and I'm ready to write and just the, the words aren't coming, I know that there are other things I need to do. Mm-hmm. I can work on uh, editing things for my editor. I can work on outlining the next book. Okay. There's lots of different things I have on the burner at once. Okay. For me, I just force myself to write. Um, I have the CEO says,
0: sit down and do your work, stupid. And I sit down, I do my work, and then I usually throw it away. You should tell Emily um, not to treat you like that. <laughs> um, that keeps me from getting into the the uh, trap of writer's block, where mm-hmm. I say, "Oh, I've been blocked for a month." Well, that's the that's the big hawk solution. Yeah, butt in mm-hmm. chair, hands yeah. on keyboard, right? Um, and I just I force myself to do it. And in that case, that's a time when business Brandon overrides artist Brandon. Um, Are there other times when you let your business sense override your artist sense, or are there times where you go the other direction, where the artist overrides the business person?
2: The most interesting discussions, uh, internal discussions, the the voices in my head yelling at each other, are the ones where I am looking at merchandise, and I'm trying to decide whether a particular piece of merchandise is a sellout, is Mm -hmm. Mm exploitive of the characters, Mm -hmm. and... You can can get get posters and t-shirts from me, Mm. Uh, you can get Mm. books from me, business hours (laughs) and and delivery. Through the convenience of the United States Postal Service <laughs> or FedEx overseas, and he'll write stupid things in them, <clears> yeah. and I sign the books. Mm-hmm. Um, stupid Howard. The <laughs> stupid <laughs> Howard was here. W U Z. Yeah, that's uh-huh. Chopwood wood carry water signing uh-huh. thirteen hundred yeah. books and uh-huh. drawing uh-huh. pictures in them. But that that whole argument between well, what's good for the business and yeah. what does the artist want to do? That's a good point.
0: Um, I just had kind of made that transition myself. Started selling books on my website, and started selling other sorts of licenses. And part of the artist says, "I should just be doing this for free." I, you know, if I'm going to sign autographs for people, I should be doing it for free. And the business side says, "No, you're taking time away from your writing. You need to be charging for this if you're going to be signing book plates and sending them to people." For instance, mm-hmm. and, you know, the artist side says, "You're stupid." To, you know, it's stupid to have make someone pay five bucks for a book plate. And the business side says. If you lose an hour of writing, you've got to make it back. Dan, have you had to do
1: any of this where you've had the, the business person override the artist? Um, yes. My, my writing career thus far has, mm-hmm. has been a, uh, a long string of artistic Dan telling business Dan to go jump off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> most of my books are uh, wildly unsellable. And... I have had many. Brandon's nodding at me. Brandon. Brandon's Brandon nodding and, and winking. He's brilliant, but they're, they're completely unsolved. genreless <laughs> yeah. things that fascinate me and very few other people. And I've had many conversations with my editor and my agent about, you know, how are we going to market this? How are we going to how are we going to sell this? How are we going to present this to people? Mm-hmm. And I have had to. I mean, I've I've had to change the way that I think about my books and change the way that I am writing this one as as I go through the edits and the rewrites to make sure that it addresses the needs of the audience as well as the needs of the artist. You know, I think that, though, I want to say
0: you do need to write what's in your heart.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we can actually. You don't can worms, yeah, we can this entire topic. Yeah, if you don't we write can. what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. it's, it's Absolutely. not worth reading. And
0: we're looking at the business side right now, but I do think that the artist, and many times, has to has to take over. But we're running out of time, so maybe we'll can of worms this into a whole other podcast on let, when the artist overrides the business r- a person.
2: The other thing that mm-hmm. we actually never got to cover is the idea that your business sense. The, the businessman who is hiding behind your, your artisan mm-hmm. needs to be able to look at the contract your agent is giving yeah. you, th- that your editor is oh, giving you perfect. and yeah. needs to say, you know what, I'm getting screwed.
0: You know, this is a segue because next week we're gonna we're gonna try and bring in a friend who's an editor um, at a big national publisher. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get her. Um, but what the segue to that is the business person does need to be aware of the business. That's what one of their big jobs is, is to look at what is the business of writing? What are what are my comp what is my competition doing? Um, mm-hmm. what is selling? All of these things, not so that you can say to the writers, write artist, write what's selling, but so you can be aware of it. This is your business. Doctors are not going to not be aware of the new procedures that other people are doing. As a writer you need to be aware of who are the editors, what are their names? What are the publisher's houses mm-hmm. that are publishing these
2: things? But don't spend all of your time focusing on that. And that's this percentage split that you are talking about. 75-25 is probably good. Um, We've got one
0: minute um, left. Let's do final words. Advice for someone who's thinking about making the transition
1: between complete artist to semi-pro. Anything you can give them? Dan? Uh, Talk it over with your spouse or significant other. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a very important step in uh, making that leap. If you are partnered with somebody fiscally and... uh, emotionally you need to make sure that they are as sold on this idea as you are okay yeah they need
2: okay. to be willing they need to be willing to support you um I you know, I want to say chase your passion and don't mm-hmm. let anybody talk you off the ledge, but okay. I know that there's going to be somebody out there who chases their passion right off the building and blames me. Yeah.
1: Am I waffling? I don't know. I'm waffling. Yeah, chase waffling. your passion.
2: Jordo thinks you should stop waffling.
1: Jordo thinks you should jump off a building.
2: <laughs> chase, you your mean, um, chase your passion. Chase your passion. Do what you uh do what you are interested in and excited mm-hmm. in, and if you fail, yeah, learn from it. Okay.
0: Um, I think my final advice would be what I just said earlier. Learn the business. Don't spend all your time doing it, but realize that you are in a business, and it's yeah. not just an art. It, there is a business side to it, and be willing to take the time and the effort to learn the business as well as the art. Um, and next week, hopefully, we'll, be a, we'll have a podcast with, um, with Stacey, um the editor. But thank you all for listening. This has been Writing Excuses.
3: This podcast is brought to you by Tor a leading publisher of science fiction and fantasy. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction.